0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. Well folks, we have arrived to the final week of the Break Free series and we've talked about many things which God gives us in His Word to direct us um, how we can break free from those habits, uh, those hurts and those hangups. And um, if you have a chance, if you feel you know, you can go back and, and go to our website and review uh those choices and look over them again. They are they are so relevant and apply to our daily life. I still use them and need them, and I'm sure you will as well. And we arrived to our final week. Uh we're gonna be talking about uh, the sharing choice. Now, we live on a broken planet. I'm sure that you understand that. And it does not it's not hard to uh, realize that when you watch the news or, or look around in our life. And each of us could take a, sh- a few minutes and share from uh, pain in our own life, pain as a result of living on a broken planet. In a broken planet, we all have experienced these hurts in our life. Uh, we've experienced broken trust and broken relationships, we've experienced broken bodies and broken financial books and, uh, and so much more. And when you become a Christian, you, you don't get a vaccine shot, which eliminates you from experiencing and knowing pain because we still live in a broken world. And there is sin and sin destroys and it doesn't even have to be your sin. It could be sin of the other, another person, which causes you horrible consequences. For example, if someone were to choose to drink and drive and and hit us, uh, we would suffer the consequences of their sinful choices. They would cause us suffering and pain. So, Jesus does not eliminate all the pain in our life, but here's the good news. He can transform it. Wow. He can transform it. He gives purpose to our pain and you you can even come to the point in your life where you will see the significance of that pain. So we're going to look today about at three great truths about pain in your life. And I hope you have your sermon notes out. So there's a lot of uh, scriptures. There's blanks to fill in because, um, Uh, Well, this is a huge topic. So number one, God never wastes a hurt. Even though he doesn't cause these hurts, he will use them, uh, for our benefit. Uh, he won't waste a hurt, but sometimes the problem is we will waste a hurt. How do we do that? Well, when, when you hurt, when your hurt is a result of your sin and you don't learn from it, you've wasted a hurt. Why? Because you are destined to do it again. You know, I like to read and uh, one of the more um, poignant books that has helped me in this area is a book called the autobiography in five short chapters by Portia Nilsson. And in this book, she has five chapters, which talks in very practical, real terms about learning from our mistakes and our sins. In fact, I'm going to read the whole book for you this morning. You just get comfortable. You sit back. We're going to read five chapters from this book, autobiography and five short chapters. Are you ready to go? Chapter one. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find the way out. Chapter two. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place. But it isn't my fault. It still takes me a long time to get out. Chapter 3. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter four. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five. I walk down another street. We learn from our hurts and our mistakes and our sins. And the whole point of this lesson today is that we only, not only do we learn it, but we share with others from what we've learned in our pain. Um, The second thing is this, I need to learn to share what I've learned through the pain. You need to learn. The sharing choice is all about us learning from our hurts and then we help other people in the exact same area of your hurt. And I want you to understand this. When you get to this point, then you know you've begun to experience real, true, deep recovery and healing in your life because you are aware of this hurt. You know this hurt. Now you walk down another street, but you're willing to share those other four chapters of your life and what you learned from them. You have found peace in a time of storm of hurt. And now you seek to bring the same peace to others who are suffering in those same areas that you had suffered. Jesus said this. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. In other words, those who would become peacemakers are going to be happier, more fulfilled, and live an abundant life. You see, God wants to make you a peacemaker, not just a peacekeeper, but a peacemaker. And this is what God's word implores us to do. It says this, when we Mean. What we mean is God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to the people of this world. Hopefully we've understood that we've come to that point. But listen to the second part. And he has given us the work of sharing his message about peace. If you would confess and admit that you are a broken person living in a broken world, that I just want to offer you congratulations today. That's a huge step. Why? Because God only uses broken people. Uh, you know, point out any major food figure in the Bible. Point to any person that God used for great significant things. And I will show you a person who was broken. Moses, he was a murderer. He, he stuttered. He felt greatly unqualified to lead the people out of Egypt. And yet God chose and used him. Jonah, he ran away from God's call to go and urge a people to change their life. That they're leading, the way they're living is leading destruction. So said, Jonah, I want you to go and tell the people of Nineveh to repent. But Noah or Jonah didn't want to do that. He went the other way. And Jonah would have to learn. We'll talk about that in a little bit. David, he committed adultery. And not only that, he had the, the husband of this wife he committed adultery with put in a position where, where he'd be killed in battle. Think of Peter denying to even know Christ three times when Jesus really needed someone and Peter cursed. I don't know him. You know, I keep coming back to apostle Paul because there was the greatest persecutor of the church who, when he met Christ became the greatest builder of the church. And that is good news for you and I to help someone You don't have to have it all together and you never will on this side of eternity. But when you share and tell others about your pain or your hurt or your failures and what you've learned from them, you are helping. God is using you to help other people and you can help people. And I, and, and, and because you've experienced these things in your life, you can help people where I can't. You understand that? Like there are people that have these needs that I, I just have not experienced, but you have. And, um, and so you can speak into their lives and you can offer them from your experience and you can tell them what you've learned. And that's why we're a body. We all come together and bring our experiences, even our pain so we can share and help others. So our last choice in the break free series is called the sharing choice. And this is what it says. I choose. I choose to yield myself to God to be, to bring, uh, to bring God's good news to others, both by my example and my words. In the Bible, we read this, All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Great news. He comforts us in all our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort others. That's the sharing choice. So that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. That's the sharing choice right from the Bible itself. Second Corinthians uh, one, three and four uh, is that that passage. And 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 we understand that God is calling us to even use our pain to minister to the lives of others. So I want to ask you this question. Do you want to be effective for God? Would you be willing to say, yes, I'm a broken person, but I'm saved by grace. I love the Lord. I'm not perfect yet, but I'm willing to yield to be used by God to help others where I've been helped listen to this, the greatest ministry of your life will flow out of your pain, not out of your strengths. So if you really want to be this effective Christian that God can use, understand the greatest ministry opportunities you will have will come out of your pain, not out of your strengths. And can you just stop for a moment And think about some of the great pains you have to negotiate in your life. And imagine how you might be able to help others on this path, this path of pain, because you've already walked through it. You understand the language. You understand the situation, how it makes you feel. But you found the comfort and the help of God. And so you can give that person and those people hope. Some of the most effective ministries in the church come as a result of people willing to share what they learned. And the mistakes they made and the poor choices they made and the sins that they committed and the pain that they experienced. Um, I was just thinking, you know, in our own church, we have Dave and Isabel teach the money plan and they're quite open to share that they went through a horrible time financially and great debt and got out of that, but not, not just willing to say, wow, good for us. They teach even this week, they've been teaching a money plan to help others in the same situation. We want you to know and learn what we have learned. So you don't have to be where we were. We want to help you I was thinking about Deb Nansen I miss Deb and you know we're talking about her this week how she had she went through an experience of pain in her life and a lifestyle that was not healthy but turned her life around and, and gave her life to Christ before she died and is now in heaven but Deb you didn't just say oh I'm grateful I don't I'm not living this way anymore no she up until the day to the very end of her life embraced people to help them learn what she learned that there's hope with God And I've heard the testimonies of those people. I've heard the testimonies of people that have been helping the financial plan from Deb and others who said, I've I've overcome this pain. God has helped me, but I wanted to share and help others to know the truth and the hope that God can take your pain and transform it. Who can be more sympathetic to somebody than somebody who's already been through what that person is going through right now? So don't waste your pain. If you hold on to it, if you hide it, or if you hold it back, it doesn't do any good. But if you're honest to God and you're honest with yourself and you're honest with other people, God will use that very thing you hate most about what happened in your life that disappointed you more than anything else, that that caused you to feel rejected and you wish never happened. God will use that to build others up. Now I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but let's consider some of those um, those of us who may be experiencing pain now in our life. Maybe we aren't finished and maybe we're not ready to help others. We're experiencing pain. And uh, pain can actually be helpful. Now believe this or not, pain can actually be helpful because it alerts us to what needs to be changed in our life. So if you're experiencing this right now, listen to these next little bit sidebar, these these notes. The good news version of the Bible says this in Proverbs. Sometimes it takes a painful situation To make us change. The prodigal son is a story we know so well. Jesus told the story about a son who wanted half of his father's inheritance inheritance while his dad was still alive. And said, I'm just going to do life my way. I'm going to go live life my way. I think I know how to do this. And took the money, went to a far off country, and just made the choices he wanted to make. Live a life that was you know, that was wild and crazy and, and fulfilling until there was a drought in the land, a famine in the land, and all his friends suddenly disappeared and his money disappeared and his friends disappeared. And this, this son has nothing left and he's feeding pigs for a living. A Jewish boy feeding pigs and he's wishing I could eat what the pigs are eating. That's how bad it became for him. It became for him. My favorite line in that whole story of the prodigal son. Is this one. When it says about this about the son. When he finally came to his senses. See up till now. He thought he knew what life was about. I can do this. I'm I'm capable. And they experienced pain. And he wasn't willing to admit at first. That he made the, the wrong choice. And he's looking around saying this isn't good. And then finally in Luke 15, 17. We read this life altering watershed moment in his life. Where it says he finally came to his senses. He didn't come to his senses, you see, when he was in the midst of pleasure. On the contrary, he continued to make poor decisions during the ease and the comforts of life. And Jesus said he wasted all his money in wild living. Ease and comfort can actually cause us to become stuck. Ease and comfort can actually hold us back from experiencing the great things God would have us accomplish in life. It sometimes will take pain in our life to cause us to examine where we are, examine who we are, and what necessary changes we need to make in our life. If you stop for a moment consider some of the victories and some of the better achievements in your life, you do that. Some of the things that this worked out well, I, I, th- I would believe chances are they were preceded by some measure of pain. Author C.S. Lewis, this is a great quote, and you probably know this, but let me share it with you. He says this, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is as megaphone to rouse a deaf world. We read the story this morning in the Bible where God lets the prophet Elijah take a little vacation during this time of drought. And Elijah, he got quite comfortable in the spot that God provided for him. It was like this little resort spa and birds supernaturally brought him food every day. He didn't have to go out and hunt for it. They brought the food to him. Elijah, you know, there's a brook right there. It had the best fresh water. So his water was there. Food was there. The water was great. And there was these wonderful trees he could sleep under. It was like, wow, this is comfortable. I like it here. But then there came this part of the story. Did you notice in first King 17, seven, but after a while, the brook dried up for, there was no rainfall fall anywhere in the land. Has the brook ever dried up in your life? You know, you're comfortable where you are. You didn't want to move. And suddenly the brook dries up. Suddenly you lose your job. Suddenly that security you're depending, depended on is gone. Suddenly that, that friend that you're depending on or that situation or that family member, they maybe have died or moved or no longer there. Sometimes God, sometimes God allows the brook to dry up in your life because he doesn't want you doing what you were doing a year ago. He's not wanting you to do today what he wanted you to do a year ago, and I've definitely experienced this. You know, God has put me in places where it seems everything's going well, and, and I'm not going to move from this place. I like it. This is great. This is exciting. But then the pain comes and causes you to move where God wants you to be. And I wouldn't have moved unless God said, brought this pain, or allowed this pain to happen to get my attention. Say it's time. Mark, you've had this place. I wanted you here. Now you need to move on. God led Elijah to the brook and Elijah stayed there. He got comfortable. But then God said, this is not what I want you to do forever, Elijah. So he dries up the brook, which causes Elijah to move on. And that will happen in our life. I and mean, it's a pain, but it's going to lead uh, to something in some place where God would have you to be and it will be better. And so we'd actually be grateful for this pain because God would have us go where we need to be. I was telling, um, Dave this last week about my first Christian girlfriend. I remember, and you know, I'm, I'm a very loyal guy. I've never, ever broke up with a girl. <laughs> I, I'm committed. I'm there. And, um, the girls always broke up with, with, with me. And, you know, they, and this girl on a Sunday night service, at church, she handed me this little piece of paper written in lime green crayon, um, breaking up with me. And it said the same things that girls always say. It isn't you. It's me. And I still want to be friends. I just want to tell you guys, when you hear those words, just run, run. Don't look back. Don't ask questions. Don't try to think it over. Just move on. It's over. On the way home from church service that night, I turned on the radio and the song by the Eagles was playing. There'll be a heartache tonight. A heartache tonight I know. And I thought, oh, this is miserable. This is painful. Like, why would I have to go through this? I mean, I thought I had my life set. If I thought were both Christians. Like, why would anything change? And I thought this is good. My life is set for me at the age of 16 or 17 years old. But here's what I learned from this pain. If I never experienced the pain of these breakups, and there were other ones, if I never moved on from where I was, I would never met Glenda. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for having something better and something, the right person for me and that you caused loud pain to happen. So I would not get comfortable there and move on to where you would have me to be. So three things God wants us to learn from our pain. We learn, and this is the sidebar. We need to learn from this. Number one, we need to learn to depend on God's love for us. Like if we, God, we got to understand that when God allows pain, that He 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 loves us. Before we knew God, and and before we knew His love, uh, there were other things we turned to in our pain to find comfort. But we learn not to depend on these things because they're fleeting and temporary. But we begin to let God become our comfort. We come to learn this important truth that God is all I need. Tell me if this statement, if you believe it's true or not. We often don't learn God is all we need until God is all we have. My my son-in-law, uh, he's preaching on Jonah right now. So I've been watching his messages and, you know, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. God said, I want you to go to Nineveh. There's a people there who are living in this destructive lifestyle. I want you to go and preach to them. And so they would repent and turn around and follow me. But Jonah did not like these people in Nineveh. So he said, okay, Nineveh's over here. I'm going to Joppa, Joppa over here. And as soon as he made that decision to go to Joppa, things start going down. Uh, for Jonah, things started down a down spiral. He went down to Joppa, which is not Nineveh. He went down to the depths of a ship. Remember that at the bottom of the ship he slept in. He went down into the waters. They threw him overboard. He went down to the belly of a great fish. And that great fish went down to the very depths of the sea. Jonah's going down, down, down. And at this very point, we read this in the Bible. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me, I called to you from the, the land of the dead, and the Lord heard me. We often don't learn God is all we need until God is all we have. Like the prodigal son or Jonah, we make these decisions and realize, nope, this isn't going to work. I have nothing left, and all I have, God. Listen to the testimony of the Apostle Paul we read in the Bible. This is this is powerful. He says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. That's where Paul was. Now listen to this. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves. And learn to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him. That's what we're talking about. And he will continue to rescue us. So depend. Learn to depend on God's love for you. Three things God wants us to learn from our pain. We learn to depend on God's love for us. Secondly, we learn to follow God's word. God wants to teach you about himself. He wants you to come and know more about his power, more about his love, more about his grace and wisdom. So you can apply them to your life. He does this as we gauge his word, the Bible. (laughs) I was sharing this week, incredible. uh, I think probably the highlight of my week was I was meeting with um, some pastors and we've been meeting together for six years. And one of the pastors from Toronto, um, we were we were to share a need from our church and then spend some time in listening prayer. And the pastor, one from Toronto, was sharing that they really needed a tech person in their church. They were doing all the tech stuff. And I want to I want to tell you that I say this because you have no idea, like this looks seems so effortless, but there's so much work that goes into this. And we're lucky to have, we're blessed to have David. Uh, Gagne and and Daniel and others um, who can put this together and make it work. Not every church has that. So be grateful that we have David. And this person so desperately needed someone because if you don't have a strong online presence right now in this time of COVID, your church will suffer. It's not going to be as effective as it needs to be. So I'm grateful for that we're able to come to you and and, and have worship and have the word and, and have these Zoom lobbies and have all of these things. And this person needed a tech person. So myself, uh, and this other pastor that's from Manitoba, we spent a few moments listening in prayer if God would have any direction for this pastor in Toronto. And I'll be honest, I sat there, God, I know, God, you speak, I just don't know. If, are you going to speak to me? Like, am I in these few moments? Like, will I hear anything from you that's going to matter? And it wasn't that I doubted God, but I really doubt myself. And, you know, who's God to speak? Who am I that he's going to speak to me? And I said, no, Lord, I'm going to quiet myself. I just want to listen to you. And I believe that if you have something for me to share that will help just Lord, just use me today. I just want to open myself, take away the excuses, take away all the, the doubts and just be present with you. And God brought this name to me that I know I read in the scriptures. I can't remember where it was. The name was Bezalel. I think that's the right way to say it. And I looked it up later. that's from Exodus 31, 1 to 5. It says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I filled him with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and experience, and all kinds of crafts. So I remembered this name. I remembered that the God had filled this man with the Holy Spirit that enabled him to do uh, the, these these um, crafts. I thought that's the word that you'd have me share with this pastor in Toronto, and and I'm going to share that. And so we came out of our listening prayer time, and the minister, the pastor from Manitoba, went first. And this is what he said. This happened Wednesday. This last Wednesday. Yeah, as I'm listening to prayer, I just had this name, Bezalel, come to me. <laughs> you know, and, and the one that God filled with the Holy Spirit and allowed him to do these things, like to, to be a craftsman. I'm like, I'm going, you guys aren't going to believe this. God gave me the very same name, the very first scripture. And I don't remember when I read that. I just kind of, it was there somewhere, stored in my mind. And, and then Pastor Manitoba goes, yeah, me too. And, and then the pastor in Toronto get this said, you are the third person who shared that with me this week. I think God is going to tell that Toronto pastor that he will fill someone and use them and enable them to do the tech job that they so desperately need in their church. Um, that wouldn't happen if, you know, if we don't read the scripture and God plants those in our memories, in our hearts and brings them out at the right Time, In fact, um, if I could just go on that the, the pastor Manitoba was sharing a need that he had. And, um, and I just had a listen, went to a listening prayer again and just prayed about it. And, and, and then when we came out of prayer, I said, you know, I just had this vision of, of Moses coming down the mountain with the 10 commandments. And he found the people down there who, who had made, got the gold together, made the golden calf and Aaron gave them what they need, not what, or what they wanted, not what they needed. And it felt like you got to tell your people in the situation, not to, I mean, to be patient, and wait on God and trust God. And then this pastor in Manitoba said, You're the second person who told me that this week. So it's unfortunate that we don't fill our minds with scripture because God is going to use it to direct your paths and the paths of others. He will use it to encourage you. He will use it even to correct you. The Bible gives testimony to itself. We read this in Second Timothy. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us. Thank you. Thank you that you would do that when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. See, God uses scripture to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. Fill your mind with the scriptures of God and follow them. For too many, the word of God doesn't become relevant in their life after uh, you know, it doesn't come relevant until they commit the sin and, and are going through the horrible consequences, and not until the suffering comes they turn to the word of God. As I need wisdom, I need direction. It's a shame when we wait that long, and I think that must be one reason why Bibles are so sought after in prisons. They they committed the sin, they're they're suffering the consequences, and then they go look to see, okay, what does God have to say. How can I change my life around? Uh, And that's, you know, the Gideons in the United States began distributing Bibles in prisons uh, in 1957. But I learned this week and a shout out to our Canadian Gideons. They were ahead of the U.S. They first placed Bibles in Canadian correctional institutions in 1933. I was reading this week about a Canadian inmate uh, called Keith, and this is what Keith wrote. I'm not going to read, read all he said, but just some pieces to understand. This is Keith. He said, "I came to jail, into jail on Friday, September the 13th, 2013. The darkest time in my life. I wanted to take an end to my life. Everything I valued in my life was gone. There was no reason to continue living. That was my false reality." Looking back, it's sad to see that I waited to be at this extreme condition in my life before I called out to God. That's what we're talking about. But that is what needed, but this is what needed to, to take place in this particular situation. He needed that pain. He needed to, to be that all I have is God before he turned to God. He says, one time waiting for the doctor, I noticed the book card in the hallway. I took a quick glance at the book bindings along their titles. The book that stood out among the many options on the cart, uh, was one called The Key to Freedom. And to my surprise, it was the Bible. I asked if it was all right for me to take it back to my cell. And this is how I came to God and engaged His holy word, the Bible. God's word has power and it has made a tremendous impact in my life. The impact the repercussions are felt by those even around me i have been blessed to be part and been a witness to god's work the point is don't wait until then um you discover god's word now uh but if you do you will have, you will discover if that the god will use pain to bring you back to him don't wait till the damage is done. Engage God's word right now. So we learn to depend on God's love for us. We learn to follow God's word. And thirdly, we learned, we, we, we learned that we need other people. We need God's love. We need his word and we need others. And that's why, let me say it again. That's why it's so important that we become part of a life group. We need other people when we go through hard times. God uses other people to teach us about ourselves. God uses other people to encourage us. And my life group uh, this past Thursday night was a wonderful time. We talked about courage and the power of prayer. And and we're sharing ideas about how we can implement some of these things in the church today. And our next series that we're going to be doing at Christmas. And I'm loving this. I'm writing these things down. This is encouraging me. This is helping me. I just feel stronger after that meeting. And we laugh together. and We pray together. Wow, I would not want to be without those men in my life group. The Bible, It says this, it is wise to learn from experience. It is wiser to learn from the experience of others. It's less painful and it's quicker. The Bible teaches us in Ecclesiastes, two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. So who do you have around you? Who's that believer and that follower that can reach out and grab you and help you to get back up? I remember a life group. Some of you listening will remember this life group um, uh, years ago, where we met in, in Kelly's home. I'm sure Kelly's listening, and I remember Joan was there and Glenda was there. I think Andy was there and uh, Marie was there, and we were we were just we would take it was such a. And, powerful night we we put one person in the middle and we circled around them and we began praying for the need that they expressed and i I think we stood there for half an hour 40 minutes praying for people and their needs and we saw out of that moment of prayer life's being changed it still affect us today in fact those same ladies met with with glenda last night um prayer isn't powerful. We need other people to circle around us, to pray for us, to encourage us, to help us, to direct us, to feel and to share from our pain that bring help. I was going through some of my books in my church office this week, and I opened up an older book and the author is talking about churches and how churches, you know, in his day of writing, they were these rectangle buildings and um, they had big steeples and with crosses on them. And he's mentioning just how simple these buildings were. And he made this point, which is still significant today as it was when he wrote. He said, we call them churches, but they are not the church. They are made of stone, brick, mortar, and wood. They are material. They are sacred places rather than consecrated relationships. They stand on hollow ground, but they are not spiritual. They are temporal, not eternal. These are not the church. And he's right. The church is not a building. The church is a people, a people who abide in Jesus and Jesus in them. This happens not only in the building, and it does happen in our church buildings, but it happens wherever Jesus is gathered, where people are gathered in his name. In fact, Jesus said, for where two or three are gathered, where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I'm among them. That's the church. It can happen anywhere. This is a great picture of the church we find in Acts chapter two. Listen, as we finish today about the Bible, what the Bible describes, what the church looked like back in the beginning. It should look like this still today. It said, all the believers, not some, not many, all the believers, what did they do, devote themselves to the apostles teaching. They, they came under that leadership. They came under that authority. They were willing to humble themselves and to fellowship they were devoted to, to coming together, to sharing life together, and to sharing meals, and even the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Have we heard this before. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles before in many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything. They had, that is the blueprint of what the church is. Nothing is mentioned of a building, but talks about all the believers. Talks about the teaching of God. It talks about sh- sharing meals together. It talks about doing miracles and, wa- and and wonders and meeting together, which is very difficult for us to do. I miss that right now that we can meet together and come together and be in the same place and interact with one another, even be able to share a meal again. That'd be wonderful. That's the picture of the church. So God never wastes the hurt. We learned that, but we might. I need to learn to share what I've learned through pain. And then we looked at a side note. We need to learn to depend on God's love for us. We need to learn to follow God's word. We need to learn that we need other people. And then finally, we we learned that God can bring good out of bad. I love this quality of God. The Bible wants us to know this truth in, in Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Do you see what it says there? And we can know, not just hope or wish, we can know God causes everything. And when God causes something, it's going to happen. And he causes something that what he wants to have happen is for good it isn't for everyone did you notice that it is for a specific people it says those who love god and who are called according to whose purpose his purpose does not say that we will know everything will work out the way i want it to work out it'll work out according to his purpose which is always good and this requires a great measure of trust. We can trust God. And we know for certain he can take our brokenness and redeem it for good. God does not cause evil, but he can redeem the evil for good. That's a lot. And we're going to go to our take two right now. And would you just quiet yourself before God and say, God, is there something, what is one thing you want me to know today? And then you ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do about it? Maybe He wants you to share that pain and what you learned with someone. Maybe He wants you to trust Him when the brook has dried up. Take these two minutes. Let me pray for you, Lord. We covered a lot of ground today in this last choice, and I just pray, Lord, in these two these two minutes that and and as we meet with you throughout the week, God, you just bring to us what we need to know from your word today and from this sharing choice. And Lord, what you would have us to do about it, not so that we'd be aware, but we would be willing to step out and do something about it. I pray God that you would just anoint these two minutes and as we quiet our hearts and listen to you to speak to us in Jesus name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast we make these messages available to give you a window into our church but also an open gate for you to join in with our community our sunday service is at 10 a.m and we look forward to seeing you soon and know that there is a place for you at the gate please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church